hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. Might be one of the most dominating performances we'll see all season long. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar Series. Pearson will get a strong run for turn number four. He's going to pull away from Alexander Rossi. Simon Pagino sweeps the run. Twin checkers out. He'll go to victory lane. Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. Oh, my goodness. What an incredible race. And what an incredible champion we have on our hands. Wow. This is Brick by Brick. Yours truly, Jack Ruth, joined by the Dinger, A.J. Allmendinger. And uh, a lot has unfolded in the last seven days. We know that this coming weekend we will get our first live events at premier level of racing. Won't be IndyCar, but it will be NASCAR at the Cup Series and then a condensed schedule. I think all eyes of the world will be glued on. Now, we've already had a couple of outlaw races, so we've got an idea of what it looks like with empty seats. But your reaction, you know, just how close of attention we need to pay to what's unfolding in our, say, shall I say, companion premier series, i.e. the Cup Series at Darlington this weekend. Yeah, I think we really have to pay very close attention to it just to see how it's run. Uh, the safety precautions that are put in place and and how teams are affected by that, the procedures, just everything that goes with it, let alone the racing. Once we get on the racetrack, I mean, let's call it what it is. Yes, we'd like to have the fans in the in the grandstands, but once we get on the racetrack, we're back to racing. But everything leading up to that, you know, with NASCAR, there is no practice. There's no qualifying. You know, as we look forward to the, the IndyCar race next month, they're going to have practice and qualifying. So NASCAR is going to show up Go through the protocols. Everybody's going to have safety checks. Cars are unloaded through tech. They go racing. So I think we just really need to pay close attention on on how this procedure works. And if there's things that we can learn to help improve safety, if it works out well, anything that we learn from that can move forward with all the other race series and especially with the IndyCar series as we get ready for Texas next month. And you need to stay with us because in its entirety, this edition of Brick by Brick is going to drill down into that June 7th target date. Eddie Gossage will join us shortly, and we'll talk about precautions for competitors, how he's going to deal with uh, empty grandstands, and I'm sure he's going to have his eyes glued to this weekend as well. But as you alluded to, AJ, there's some differences right now, but some of those differences have put you, as AJ Allmendinger, on high alert, uh, scrambling for fire suits, and all of a sudden, you're the understudy for how many teams in NASCAR? Uh, not for a lot of them. And, and technically, we ha- as we speak right now, there's nothing been signed yet. But, yeah, I mean, that's just something we really have to think about. And it, honestly, when I got the phone calls, I hadn't even thought about, you know, if a driver, especially a driver, gets checked up. And, and whatever the procedure is and whatever the protocol is of passing and not passing, I'm not 100% sure of, of what they judge off of. But if a driver doesn't pass – there has to be someone there to fill in. And it's not like there's the truck series and Xfinity where you're like, Hey, we can just pick a driver. They can come over, sit and seat. If it works, they go racing. So yeah, we have to have those preparations in place and I have to be on high alert when the phone call good or bad happens to be right. ready to show up to the racetrack and go racing. So a new age that we live in right now, hopefully in the short term, hopefully it doesn't stay like this, but in the short term, every team has to think about Well, some of the news and notes, and as I said, we'll be talking to uh, Eddie Gossage and get the inside on how he is preparing. 
We're also going to visit with Michael Andretti and get an owner's perspective along with Michael Shank. And then we're going to go inside uh, race team preparations when Mike Hall joins us during the course of uh, our next 60 minutes. Before Eddie joins us, one thing that I, I do think, you, you mentioned the protocols. Let's face it, they're going to continue to be a moving target. And it's sports is going to have to adjust on the fly. It's not just motorsports. Major League Baseball yesterday announced a tentative plan to get back. Let me ask you this, and I'm going to ask each of our guests this as well. Are, are we staring down the barrel of bringing sport back and for the majority of the summer playing before empty houses? Yeah, I really believe we are. I do, I too. Mean, if you really yeah. – if you – a lot of sports radio shows and talk shows, um, you know, listen to what everybody has to say. I mean, if you really look at it, NBA's not worried about – they're worried about two parts, just trying to finish this season. And then Adam Silver, the commissioner, is talking about maybe not having fans in the stands starting next year. And you look at college football. I just saw the Pac-12 and, and the California schools say kids aren't going back in, in the fall. Like they're, the rest of the year, there's not gonna, the schools aren't open. So what does that mean for college football? So, yeah, I think right now, just to get sports back going, it's going to have to be without fans. And, but as you said there, Jack, within a month, it could change. We, we don't change. know. Good, good or bad. We hope, hopefully, yeah. we pray it's for the good. But good or bad, it can change. So from one race to the next, something different can be where maybe one racetrack can't have fans. The next state, maybe they're allowing fans to a certain degree. So we don't know. We just have to kind of go along with it and be prepared for anything. All right, so partner, tighten those seat belts and those shoulder harnesses because it's time for us to roll and drill down as deeply as possible as to what is entailed in returning to racing on the track. And we start off with Eddie Gossage, Texas Motor Speedway's president, who will host, it's hard to believe, Eddie, the very first NTT IndyCar Series event of the season on June 7th. Thanks so much for joining us, and let's get right to it, shall we? The thought process and the preparation that you and your TMS staff have had to put in to be able to make this happen on the 7th of June at night. Well, we've been working real closely with the staff at IndyCar and uh, a lot of thought, a lot of detail, a lot of uh, discussions with healthcare professionals, et cetera, to develop a plan to get the competitors here to make sure they're, they're properly screened and continue to maintain safe uh, practices once they are inside the speedway, and then how to get them out after the event is over and, and uh, back home safely. So it, it just is, uh, I mean, I'm promoting a race with no crowd. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of deflated over that, but the details are taking so much uh, time and effort that uh, you kind of, at least I've kind of lost track of that part. I, I think it's going to be really strange to see it, but regardless, a lot of time, a lot of very important, but a lot of detail, detail, detail to make sure we get these folks in safely and, and keep them safe throughout the day and throughout the evening uh, and then back out when it's all done. Well, Eddie, talk a little bit about that. I, I, I saw an interview with you talking about the procedures when the teams land. Most of these teams will be landing from Indianapolis. Uh, once they all land, I mean, how are you getting them into the racetrack, in the racetrack, once they get there, the procedures that are set up? Uh, you know, how much staff will you have of your own at the racetrack? Well, we'll only have the, the, the 
Speedway itself will only have a handful of people there because even our own staff isn't uh, allowed to attend unless they've got a function to play that has something to do with the competition of the event. But um, we've employed a team of medical professionals, and uh, you're talking about the folks, uh, majority of them coming in on, on chartered planes from Indianapolis. They're going to get on sanitized buses, and they'll be brought to the Speedway. That, that airport they're going to be landing at is only about two miles, three miles from us. And once they get there, before they go into the infield, they're going to be fully scanned. They're going to have to answer questionnaires, fully scanned by the medical professionals, and and um, get a wristband, and they have to wear that wristband uh, the entire time they're inside. And once they get uh, checked out and they pass, they go inside the racetrack, and, uh, you know, we've got two garage buildings that hold 64 bays apiece. That's 128 garage bays, garage stalls, um, and there's, what, 24 Indy cars. So, obviously, we're going to put 12 in one building and 12 in the other building, and that way they get plenty of room to spread out. You don't have to, you know, be right next to a, a team next to you. And, and once inside, everybody has to wear a mask. Everybody has to practice social distancing. Uh, that kind of thing, and we're going to have full practice, full qualifying, and uh, the race going off uh, all in one day. And when it's all said and done, we'll have a um, simplified victory lane because it's, at the end of the day, it's still a big deal if you win this race. I mean, it's an IndyCar race, for goodness mm-hmm. sake. And so you got to celebrate, uh, but it'll be done. Uh, unfortunately, no team members will be allowed in victory lane, just the driver with the car and a trophy presentation, and they'll put on a cowboy hat and shoot the six shooters. There'll be one photographer and one video guy in there, and that's it. It's all over, and, and uh, everybody will go from there. So, it, again, they get back on the, the buses that will have been sanitized yet again and, and go back to the airport and get on the airplanes to head back to Indianapolis, which have, again, been sanitized during the event. So, you know, we've got to feed them two meals. We've got to feed them lunch and dinner. Uh, because uh, once they're in, they're in. They can't go down the street to get some uh, a bite to eat. And the team's uh, IndyCar said they're not going to let them set up uh, any way to feed their team. So I think, um, you know, obviously we'll, Caterer will take care of that for us. It's going to be a little different experience, and there's just all kinds of details when you get into all those kinds of things for taking care of all these people. We're visiting with Eddie Gossage, Texas Motor Speedway president, who will start the uh, 2020 campaign, albeit without fans, at Texas Motor Speedway on Saturday night, June 7th. Eddie, you, you said something that just absolutely hit me in the back of the head when you said you're a promoter. Now, any promoter worth his salt uh, spends uh, you know, a great deal of time promoting, and yet you just described a, a, a scenario where there literally is a minimal amount of promotion that can be done. So uh, how, how uh, shall I say, how much of a new normal and how much of an adjustment have you, Eddie Gossage, had to, uh, ha- had to do? Because you were always, you know, the, the idea guy, whether it was coming up with the six guns or the fire in victory lane, you've always been at the very top of the list in terms of promotional content. And now you're running a race that really there's no need for it. How tough of an adjustment personally has that been for you? Yeah, I'm kind of lost. Uh, I find myself sitting in the corner rocking back and forth a lot lately. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, look, and, and you know this, Jack, because you've 
you've been on the promotion side of things at a speedway in your career, uh, albeit briefly. I think you're a world record holder at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the shortest time as the PR guy there. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I okay. think that just, that just attests to the fact that I was the smartest guy. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. So, but, uh, you know, so it, it's kind of funny. The media all want to talk to us about it. And, uh, you know, it's the forbidden apple thing. Instead of banging the drum, I think we just need to tell them you're not allowed. And uh, then they all want to want to do stories about it. But, yeah, it's it's counterintuitive to me in my career for, you know, going on 40 years uh, now that, uh, you know, I mean, I've got a million ideas that are coming easily, but none of them are things we can do because this race isn't about that. This race is about truly it's about restarting IndyCar, restarting American Motorsports, trying to get the flow of commerce rolling in, in, through our sport. Uh, because the teams need it, the sport needs it, uh, and we have an opportunity as well to seize that uh, could put IndyCar, could position IndyCar uh, in a much better place as we go down the road, because without any competition, not a, not even talking about a little competition, there is no competition for IndyCar racing that night. There's no other sport to turn on. Uh, we suspect that a lot of eyes are going to be watching this race that would otherwise Probably not. And if they like what they see, uh, then they'll come back again and again. So it's a very important race for IndyCar. Um, so it's, you know, you hate to seize uh, an opportunity from such a mess that this country is dealing with right now with this pandemic. But, uh, you know, it, it's an opportunity. And so hopefully the sport can capitalize on it by putting on just a heck of a barn burner of a race that people are on the edge of their seat at home all across the country watching our fingers are crossed i tend to agree with you listen uh stay safe continue your preparations get out of that damn rocking chair you got a lot of work to do but we do appreciate <laughs> you giving us a little time today on brick by brick and good luck hey i appreciate it it's good to talk to you guys and uh can't wait to do it i mean really i just want to go racing like everybody else so uh, amen appreciate uh Appreciate you, Jack. Appreciate you, AJ. And, and um, we're getting closer and closer to doing it for real. So let's go racing. Ready, Eddie, for sure. Thank you, man. Eddie Gossage, Thanks, AJ. president of the Texas Motor Speedway. Coming up next, you've gotten the promoter's perspective. What about the owners that are going to get on those charter jets? They're going to bring their teams down to Texas. They're going to compete. On the other side, Michael Andretti, Andretti Autosports owner, We'll visit with A.J. Almendinger and yours truly, Jack Aroot, right here on this edition of Brick by Brick. Coming up next. Michael Andretti, get an owner's perspective. I think the future is bright once we get through this. I think in some ways, I think it's made people starve for our sport, which I think is a good thing. Along with Michael Shank. I'm going to look to NASCAR this coming weekend. You know, I think a lot of us are looking at that, not only television ratings, but safety, crew, integration into the track, all that stuff. We get to watch them be the first out of the gate. This is Brick by Brick with A.J. Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. Welcome to the program. This is the Dan Patrick Show. I like Frank Gore. I don't look at this and go, yes, yeah, we got Frank Gore. He's 37. We got Le'Veon Bell. Like, Le'Veon Bell, is is he ever going to be what he once was with Pittsburgh? Probably not with the Jets. 
And the Jets aren't going to be winning more than, what, six or seven games at the most this year? Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 211 and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome back to the only weekly NTT IndyCar Series talk show on Sirius XM. This is Brick by Brick. Back at you with Brick by Brick. Finally, going racing. Just listen to Eddie Gossett. JJ, uh, we're pleased to have joining us now from Andretti Autosport. Michael Andretti, the head man there. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. You and your entire teams, using the plural, have got to be genuinely excited about getting back to action. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, we've been really, uh, like everybody else, just uh, wondering, you know, where's this all going to go? And, uh, you know, I think IndyCar has done a great job, you know, keeping the teams abreast on, on each step of what's been going on. So, you know, they give us different scenarios, so at least then we can plan A, B, C, D. And, uh, you know, they've done a really good job on that. And it looks like now that we are getting down to uh, – something that's more definite so i'm I'm excited that a couple of weeks hopefully we're going to be out there in texas and you know we can start putting all this stuff behind us and go racing michael i mean talking about this pandemic you're involved in in ownership of so many different race teams you have the the indycar teams i think what five indycar teams six part-time right. with, with hinch indy yep. lights teams yep. formerly e gt america you just announced the new extreme e series and an entrant into that how hard is it for yep. you as an owner to really keep track of all these teams, especially during the pandemic when everybody's really just having to sit around? For me, it's, it's, uh, it's okay because I have great people, you know, so we have people running each series and, and then they report to us and, and then, uh, you know, we're, we have our finger on the pulse everywhere, but you know, the biggest thing is, is the unknown, you know, this is where it's been killing us. It's like, you know, are we going to go racing? Aren't we? How are we going to go racing? Where are we going to go racing? And it's not just in IndyCar. It's in Formula E. It's in Indy Lights, like you said, and the GT. So, you know, that's been the frustrating part. But um, we, uh, I think, have had, like I said before, we're our ABCD plans. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think we've done an okay job. I think we're ready with whatever is going to be, you know, thrown at us. So, um but it's, uh, it's been interesting, for sure. I think it's been a learning curve for all of us. And I think we've learned some things about ourselves, about the team. I think it's in some ways made us a tighter team, you know, uh, the way we've been going about things. And, uh, you know, so you always got to try to look at the positives and, you know, what can come out of it. And, uh, and that's what we are trying to do. Andretti Autosport may be big. It may have far uh, a, a, a good reach with all the different disciplines that you embrace. But, Michael, you're no different than most small businesses as we continue to try and define what is going to be the new normal. But it's a little bit different from my estimation because you have corporate partners that, that yes. provide financial support for you to be able to do all of this. So what has been the biggest challenge in keeping them, A, in the loop, B, still engaged, and C, desirous of continuing the relationship at a, at a satisfactory financial level? It's a real challenge, you know, it's, uh, because they're, they're, they're battling with their own problems with mm-hmm. the whole thing. And, and uh, you know, it's tough. You know, I think the best thing is, is just, you know, communication, you know, and we've been trying to keep them up to date on, on each step and where we are. And, uh, you know, so far, uh, our sponsors have been great. 
they understand the situation we're in, obviously, and uh, you know, I think they're all willing to figure out how we can help each other out because obviously they're not going to get the return on their investment this year, you know, the same as they they did, uh, you know, last year. And so they're going to say, well, what can you do to help us and and things like that? So there's going to be a lot of that. We're still not to that point yet because we don't have a firm schedule a hundred percent. And once we get that, um, and I think we can start to negotiate a little bit there and make sure that we keep, keep our partners happy to want to stay on and, you know, go forward with us in the future, which, uh, you know, I think the future is bright once we get through this. Um, I think in some ways, I think it's made people starve uh, for our sport, which I think is a good thing. So hopefully uh, when we do get out of this, you know, uh, it's going to show in our attendance and, uh, and our numbers on TV. As you look back at, at 2019, I felt like, your organization, I mean, it had a solid year. Alexander Rossi contended for the championship. Uh, you bring Colton Herta now in-house as part of your organization full-time. Uh, you know, what was your, your focus? What did you take away from last year as the positives, but really what your focus was going into this season, albeit now obviously a completely different schedule than, than what we had planned, at least somewhat. But, you know, what, as your team, what was your main focus to, to really go out there and, and – try to win this championship this year well I think we had to you know we have to look at where we were weak last year and where we were strong and and uh you know go from there and see why were we weak at the certain tracks that we were and and try to fix it and that's what we're you know we're attacking that as a team uh we you know sat down and discussed it a lot and and uh you know we came up with programs to try to figure out you know what we did wrong at the places that we didn't do well and uh no, no different than I'm sure that what everybody else is doing. Um, I think, you know, adding Colton's going to make us stronger as a team. You know, he basically was on our team last year, but now he's going to be in, pulled it in more, which I think is going to be good. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, you know, everybody's excited on the team where they've been working really hard. I think we've, you know, theoretically, it looks like we've made a lot of gains. Um, you know, obviously you're not going to know until you're out on the racetrack, but, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we're going to be able to contend and win this championship. Let me stay on that for just a second. You just said it. Theoretically, you think that you have, you know, you have strengthened your team and, and gained some, some advantage on where you thought you were weak. But we are now into the middle of May, and you haven't had the opportunity to see if theory goes into practice. Uh, you know, sometimes you can you can overthink things. Sometimes you can, in, in this sort of a hiatus, you can get over anxious. You're the captain. You're the guy that's got to herd all the cats. Has it, has it been at all challenging to try and keep everybody not getting too far ahead of their skis and staying the course with what the plan was before we knew about this pandemic? Yeah, trying to. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the big monkey wrench has been thrown into this because, you know, you're not going to be able to go testing to go prove out anything that you've done. So now you're going to be having to do it over a race weekend. So now you have to be careful on how you do that. You know, do you commit to it or do you have to commit to what you what you think you've gotten better? You know, I think one of the advantages that we have is that we have a lot of cars in our stable, so we can go in different directions on each car and then we can see uh, you know which one seems to be working and then the rest of the team can adapt that way so I think that's one of the advantages of having multiple cars out there I'm curious Michael with 
your hand in, in so many different series, you know, with the announcement now with the, the Extreme E series, maybe talk a little bit about that and what attracted you to that series. But really, what, what do you consider when you look at a, a new series to be part of or just a series in general of what attracts you to that and makes you want really just take an opportunity to go in that series and, and compared to maybe another series that, that you're not involved in? Uh, I think it's just opportunities. I mean, you know, I think, you know, I was one of the first teams to sign up in Formula E and, and it's been a, a fantastic series to be involved with. You know, it's been exciting to be there at the ground floor and to see it flourish and be a part of all that. And, uh, you know, we're pretty excited about where they want to go with the, the Extreme E as well. I think that, you know, Alejandro Agag, who is the brainchild behind this, was also the brainchild behind Formula E. And I have uh, tons and tons of respect for him and 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 uh, his uh, plan I think is really exciting and I'm really excited that he asked us to be involved so that's cool but then as for other series I mean we're always keeping our eyes out you know if I you know I, I, I want to get it if I if I had an opportunity to be in every series I would you know but it, it depends on you know how you do it you know if there's an opportunity with a manufacturer or something to get into say sports cars I'll jump at it, you know, but it's got to be a right deal. Same with NASCAR. A few times I was close to being involved, but then the deals fell apart. But if it's not right, I don't want to do it. So we're always out there looking for opportunities, but um, we're not going to go to racing just to go racing. We want to go racing to win races. So, um, you know, if we're looking at a series, we got to make sure we're going to do it right and be competitive. Michael, we always appreciate visiting with you, especially now as we are uh, just uh, all, just about uh, less than a month away from uh, kicking off the season. It's so hard to even say that and fathom it. And <laughs> wish you and, and all your teams and all your team members who have worked so very hard throughout the course of this uh, self-quarantining, and now they get to gear up. And I, I don't envy you because one of the issues when you have all a bunch of A-type personalities is to get them, uh, you know, to bridle them in their enthusiasm so that they don't jeopardize each other uh, in an effort to get a whole bunch of things done because they feel like time's just a waste. And we wish you the very best. Right. Uh, we, well, thank you. We look forward. We look forward to Texas under the lights, my friend. All right. Okay. Hope to see you there. Thanks, guys. That's Michael Andretti from Andretti Autosports. We continue with the owner's perspective as we welcome in a guy that has supported all of this unknown with us, AJ, right from the get-go. Michael Shank from uh, Meyer Shank Racing, the co-owner, uh, joins us from his uh, guitar-adorned yeah. abode. Yeah, I'm very cool. impressed. Yeah. Not really cool. impressed with the COVID beard, but yeah. very impressed. <laughs> it's all right. It didn't hurt anybody. Hey, that middle one. That middle one looks familiar, Shank. So yeah, that that is the one you won for me there, AJ. Uh, that's a very rare PRS custom twenty four custom, and uh, we've actually played it before in a concert I had at my house once. Wow! And um, and it's awesome. And uh, PRS was a, a series sponsor for IMSA and Grand Am for a long time. And you when you won a race, Jack, you got these great uh, electric guitars, which of which I don't play at all, but I think they look cool. You know. Yeah, well, look, I don't play piano, but I bought a player, Baby Grand. You That's know, right. It's, it's, you know, it's the look. All right, we finally got the news. We're going to get to finally go racing. You're going to get to finally uh, operate your team with the eye in mind of running a full season. Yeah. Big question, though. What is going to 
constitute a full season. Even a bigger question, uh, yeah. you know, you're coming out of the box with theoretical ideas and now it's time to put it into practice. Uh, you, you've been very, very good at articulating all of those challenges. So the floor is yours, my friend. Well, I think we have uh, several things. First off, I just think, uh, I thank God every day that Roger bought the series and uh, the Penske <laughs> owned it, the series, the track, uh, because I think it would be a challenge for anybody to get through this. So let's start with the base. The base is, is that we're going to race. We're going to race at least 13 times, maybe as many as 15. I think that's going to ebb and flow a little bit. <clears throat> we'll let Jay Fry and his folks uh, announce all that. But, um, you know, getting to Texas with no fans is not my favorite thing to do. Um, but, man, am I glad going back to work. And, uh, and I think we'll race at least another, at least once, maybe twice in June with IndyCar. And um, if we get that in, I'm pretty damn happy. Now, it's, it's, it stinks. It's horrible that the first time we get to run a full season, uh, this happens. But, um, listen, I, you know, um, we started back in in the shop this week hard, uh, getting the car ready. And um, uh, we're preparing just like we always would. The cars are in great shape. We're taking two cars to Texas in case we have any issues at all. We want to make sure we're in that show at that, that Saturday night. And, um, you know, we're ready to go. I think we got to be flexible, Jack. We, if they tell us that two weeks away that we got to run somewhere we didn't expect, we just got to do it and be happy that we're doing it and uh, get ready for 2021 early. Yeah, Shank, I mean, talk about that. This being your first season full-time, sponsors are necessary. They're needed. You have to have them, especially as a smaller team and you have a pandemic like this hit, you know, how has SiriusXM and AutoNation been throughout the whole process of getting ready to go? One of the great things about having a, um, AJ, a partner like Jim Meyer, is uh, he is a seasoned veteran at um, problems, right? Like, uh, this is going to sound like I'm kissing his ass, but uh, I got to tell you, um, the Monday after we got back from St. Pete, Jim was on the phone with me, and uh, he's like, Shank, this is what we need to do. I'm telling you, we need to get ahead of this thing with our partners. Partners first. We got to make sure that we can survive 2021 21 also, right? We just really started looking forward. We know that our partners, including Honda and that AutoNation Series XM, they're all going to suffer and they're all going to bleed. And uh, we need to show that we understand that and that we're going to be a contributor to fixing that or make it better in some way, take some pressure off of them based on our deals we have with them. And it, that was Jim totally, and it, it uh, really worked. And the folks at SiriusXM and AutoNation and Honda are all 100% uh, behind us still. And um, I don't know what the future holds totally as long as we pull out of this thing. I think it looks pretty bright. But I think the real trick to it is getting ahead of it. Don't run from it. Don't hide under a rock and hope nobody notices they have a contract with you. Get ahead of it. Show them that you're going to do what you can to cut costs <laughs> on our side. And, you know, get back to race. Shank, uh, before you joined us, uh, we visited with Michael Andretti and, and, and also with Eddie Gossage. And thematically, both of them uh, brought up, and I'm not going to say it's a Pollyanna attitude, but none of us have ever competed or staged a race with empty grandstands. Yeah. Uh, and, and yet Eddie keyed it first when he said, look, preferring to look at the glass as potentially half full rather than half empty, people are starving for real racing we're all done with i racing okay no with all due respect done. it was great it helped us but we're done, done. And, and and he predicted 
certainly that the audience numbers could be phenomenal through the roof. A, because of curiosity, B, because of starvation, and C, in providing us as a, a series with more eyes than ever before. And if it's a great show at Texas, which normally at Texas Motor, at Motor Speedway it is, uh, you, you win a lot of fans that will follow up with, as you're predicting, the other three events that will be scheduled in June. Yeah. Uh, so this is, like you said, the perspective is glass half full, right? Right. <laughs> and we know Eddie Gossage is the king of events. And this has got to not make him real happy. I'm so glad that him and Roger and Jay and all those guys were able to put the deal together with no fans. So I'm grateful for that. Um, absolutely. I'm going to look to NASCAR this coming weekend. How's that come off television wise, right, Jack? Like that's, you know, I think a lot of us are looking at that, not only television ratings, but safety, crew, integration into the track, all that stuff. We get to watch them be the first out of the gate, um, which is going to be helpful. I'll be, I'll be really happy to see what those TV ratings look like. Cause I know I'll be watching, I'm ready. And, um, uh, hopefully, um, we don't have to do this a whole lot, although I suspect most of the month of June, maybe we got to do this July. I just, you know, I'm just grateful that Eddie figured out a way to make this happen and get us on the track. I know I'm, I'm 90% sure that Indy Carl will put on, we'll put on a great show for people to watch, right. And give them something good to, to bet on or to, you know, whatever. So. Shank, talking about that great show that's always happens at Texas, your, your driver, Jack Harvey's never been there. We spoke yeah. about this earlier, but really, you've had him now for three years. Obviously, a, a, a shortened season, part-time season, one race to seven races, I believe, and now full-time, however many races we get in this year. How yeah. have you seen him grow as a driver from the first time he got in one of your race cars compared to now? I'd say, I'd say he's pulling all he, – I, I think the biggest improvement I've seen from Jack – is his ability to free think and start uh, thinking on strategy in the car in real time. It's, it's like you, AJ. You have that ability, too. You're in the car. You're driving your ass off. You're doing everything you can to be at the front. But another input comes in, and you just kind of crunch that up and think, well, wait a minute, Shank. Should I really pit right now? I've heard that a million times from him, Jack. <laughs> a million times, right? Because You've also heard, I need new tires. <laughs> well, that, what I'm saying, Jack, with him sitting here is that the really good guys – can take 10 inputs and add five more and compute them and keep going. That's mm -hmm. what AJ can do. And that's where Jack Harvey's going. So I, even though this is not ideal and we had a test day planned for Jack at Texas in April, we, we missed that obviously. Um, it, it's not ideal. We're going to go on the sim at the end of the month at HPD. Obviously uh, that's a little bit better than I racing. Um, Jack will do everything we can. We got uh, Bob Perone as his driver coach as, many races at Texas that can help him. I've watched all, I've just last night, I watched the last three years just to see the ebb and flow of the race. Guys getting on the bottom, never giving the bottom up, never give the bottom up and, uh, and, and, you know, see where the problems come. You know, he's doing everything he can to prepare. We think uh, the Andretti uh, setups there and stuff look strong, look good. Um, you know, listen, if we can drive around in a circle and not get in a mess, we'll finish 10th. Right. And if, and if we rolled in there for a one day show, never have been there, team driver, we're loading that thing up and we're happy, Jack. It's the way, as long as it goes back on the trailer the same way it came off and you finish the race, the, the odds are you're going to have a good finish. Listen, we wish you the very best. We'll probably touch base with you before the 7th of June. Stay healthy, shave the beard. We're going back racing, babe. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a little gray. Jack, Jack hates on the beard because he can't grow one as sexy as Shanks. <laughs> and, and, or, and your point you're is? Always, you're always your hating on is, people's facial hair. Shank gets sexier each each year. Yeah. That's all hey, 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 This bromance is starting to get a little shaky. <laughs> Weird, right? All right. <laughs> Michael, thanks so much for joining us. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you be anytime. safe and be well. See ya. All right, we will close out the show by going inside a race shop. When we return, Michael, Chip Ganassi Racing Manager and Director, will join us here on Brick by Brick. This is Brick by Brick with A.J. Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. Coming up next. The mad dash to get back to business. How busy is the shop there in Chip Ganassi Racing? Uh, it's a beehive. Uh, <laughs> you put it in one word or one sentence. We're really excited about working. It's a bit different, certainly, with the, uh, with the protective environment that we work in now. But uh, we're getting a lot done, and we're getting ready for Texas. We're hitting the brakes, but we'll be back on track after this. Welcome to the program. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Maybe the question is, and this is a little a little tongue-in-cheek, whose career is in better shape right now, Cam Newton's or Andy Dalton? Cam wants to start. Right. He may be unemployed in August. Yes. By choice and not by choice. Well, he may say, look, I'm not going unless I can start. And a team's going to go, well, we're not bringing you in unless you want to be a backup. I think Cam's just going to wait for somebody to get injured. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 211 and on the Sirius XM app. We're hitting the apex to bring you the hottest news from the NTT IndyCar Series. This is Brick by Brick. Uh, Back with you here on Brick by Brick. A quick reminder, if you missed any of our show today or any of the other shows, it's all available utilizing the SiriusXM app, and it will live on Pandora as well. In either case, just go search it, and it's there for your consumption when you're ready. We turn our attention now. We've heard from owners, and we've heard from race promoters, and now we turn our attention to the managing director for uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, who's basically throughout his career served on winning teams as a crew member, as a strategist. He continues that. We're talking about Mike Hull, who joins us now. And Mike, first of all, hope you and your family have been safe. Second, and most importantly, the mad dash to get back to business. Uh, The governor of Indiana has opened things up. IndyCar has announced that June 7th is the target date. How busy is the shop there in Chip Ganassi Racing? Uh, it's a beehive. Uh, <laughs> you can put it in one word or one sentence. Uh, we're, we're really excited about working. It's a bit different, certainly with the, uh, with the protective environment that we work in now, but uh, everybody, uh, there's been a few offenders, but we straightened them out. And, uh, uh, we've been working for a week's time. A week ago, Wednesday, we went to work as a group of people based on the square footage. It's based in shifts of people. But uh, we're getting a lot done, and we're getting ready for Texas. Mike, uh, I mean, for me, I feel like you're synonymous with Chip Ganassi Racing. I mean, when you see Chip, I feel like Mike Cole just pops up into my mind. You've been there for 30 years now. Not many people can say they've been at one place for 30 years, let alone in motorsports. Not, not many people at all. So what's it been like working with Chip for 30 years? He sometimes not the easiest person to work with. I've, I've driven for him for a few races, and – he chewed yeah. me out about every race, it seemed like. So uh, what's it been like for 30 years? What stands out? Uh, I mean, anything Well, would ever I, go back and change yeah, or do different? That's a, really, that's a really fair question, actually, in addition to being a good question. Here's what's so great about it. He's a one-sentence person, okay? So you always know what's on his mind. And you know what happens? It's 
it speeds up the process. Mm. Uh, he's not an agenda-driven individual. He's a, he's a process and result-driven individual. And I think that's very different when you're a manager of people uh, because you know, and he senses directional change, the change of direction quickly. He understands what's happening. He's able to read that quickly. And he relies then on uh, the people that we have inside the corral to make it all happen. And frankly, uh, when I went to work for Chip, yes, almost 30 years ago now, uh, I didn't think I'd last three months, six months with, with him. But I decided I would give it a try because it was an opportunity to work at that time for what I considered to be a larger team in IndyCar racing. Uh, and my job when I went to work for him was to uh, be a competition director really, and to set up the competition department in a different manner than it had been at that point. And to get it ready to run two cars full time in the kart series, uh, where it had been running two just occasionally. Uh, so I was given kind of free reign there and Tom Anderson was there at the time and he was a fantastic person because he was the, was the, uh, the barrier between Chip and I, and he took a lot of the action. Uh, and I went about my business uh, uh, doing what I still really continue to do, which is it's all about Sunday and it's all about the people. And uh, Chip is too. And uh, I'm glad you've experienced that personally uh, yeah. because you know <laughs> firsthand what it actually means. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's something that stands out to me because it takes a, a different kind of person to be able to, to take that, especially as a driver. I mean, I was, it was my rookie season in NASCAR. I did a couple of Bush races at the time, uh, which is now the Xfinity Series. So that raises another question to me. Like, you've been there for 30 years. It, the different types of drivers, and I mean the, the, like the main stay drivers, the Scott Dixons, the Juan Pablo Montoyas, Jamie McMurray, they all have different personalities. So how does that work out? It seems like when Chip finds a guy that he likes, and obviously he has to be winning races, but when he finds a driver that he likes, he sticks with them. But so many of them have different personalities. So how does that all work out and, and really get intertwined at Chip Ganassi Racing? Chip has this way with drivers as well as people. He reaches inside them and grabs their hearts. He figures out what makes them tick. He looks for that intangible thing in people. He has such a knack for that. So yes, every driver that we, that we presently have nor, or as we've had in the past uh, have had that in common. Their skill sets are better than most others. Uh, but it isn't about skill set. Uh, it's about team. It's about teamwork. It's about having a person uh, step outside themselves and their egos in order to, to achieve what they need to achieve. And we've never treated drivers uh, one to three or one to five or one to two or whatever. They've always been equal. And he's always reinforced that very clearly uh, in one sentence to drivers. And uh, I drove race cars when I was young and dumb. And uh, I, I understand completely where Chip's at when it comes to finding drivers that can get it done and what it means. And frankly, you know, you can look a driver right in the eye and you, you know if that person's the person you wanna have drive your car. And, if, and if you, it's the matchup then. Can you put that matchup together? And uh, we're lucky that matchup has worked for us uh, almost 99 out of 100 times. 
We're visiting with the managing director of Chip Ganassi Racing, Mike Hall, 30-plus years. Hard to believe, but uh, it is a reality. But I want to circle back to what you said about one sentence. June 7th, we're all headed to Texas. So what was Chip Ganassi's one sentence to you? So what did he commission you to do when the word came out, forget iRacing, we're going back to Texas, it's going to be our first event? Uh, he was actually in the building yesterday. I wasn't there uh, because we have one manager on duty per day. Mm-hmm. But he said to Barry Wanzer, who was there, this place looks like a hospital. Uh, <laughs> his, his, his challenge for everybody uh, was very simple. Protect each other. That was the one sentence. Protect each other. Bottom line is, I think, you know, Everybody's been talking about that for quite a long time as they've been quarantined, that we need to protect each other. But the reality is now that when we go back to work, we don't know, we can't define the unexpected. We can only, we can only work for what we expect to happen. And what we expect to happen is that uh, it's like your kids walking around behind you in your house your significant other is following them around with a, with a Windex bottle, wiping the fingerprints off everything. And uh, <laughs> that's almost what we're doing uh, is exactly that. We're trying to protect each other because guess what? When we go to Texas to race in less than 30 days, all those people we, we've been protecting, we're gonna rely on on Saturday night. And when we travel as a group and we travel home as a group and we go back to work and get ready for Richmond or Road America or Indianapolis, it's the same thing again. So protect each other. With all the, the experience that you've, you've had in this sport, uh, championships, so many wins as managing director and just in, in other various roles at Chip Ganassi Racing, what drives you every day to, to get better? Like what wakes you, makes you get out of bed, go to the shop and say, this, this is today or, or this year, this is what I'm focused on to get better? Well, first of all, I would, I'll tell you what I've missed the most uh, is I miss racing, but I miss more the people, mm. the interaction of the people in our building or the interaction of the people at the racetrack. So I miss that a lot. Uh, but what drives me a lot is uh, uh, being better today, understanding what the in process uh, how to improve ourselves as a group of people and myself individually uh, to be better than we were yesterday. And we don't fo- and I don't focus on tomorrow in, in the truest sense. I know where we need to be tomorrow, but I don't focus on tomorrow. I focus on today. And, uh, and that's what we emphasize with the people that work for us is let's win today. In our building today, that's what we're doing. We're winning today. And uh, if you practice winning, guess what happens? You win. Uh, and so that's what drives me. Forgive me for a moment. I thought I was talking to Nick Saban because that's the definition <laughs> of his, the process. So uh, there's some cross pollination going on there. Well, it's, it, it's funny, Jack, you know, uh, I, I, I read this book uh, called Belichick a while ago. Oh yeah. I and read it. Uh, he uses that word a lot. Uh, so there must be something in common with, uh, with organizations, and we're talking about sporting organizations, but organi- organizations in general, because process can be very 
almost have a negative connotation mm. if the process involves always doing the same thing. Uh, and I think what we do with process is we try to improve it every day. Well, you certainly have a, a, a legacy there at uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, and hopefully it continues with a visit to a, well, a somewhat empty victory lane come June 7th, but still a win is a win is a win. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Please pass our best wishes on to you and your family and everybody that's uh, toeing the line at Chip Ganassi Racing and maintaining social distancing. Uh, we will uh, be, watch with a great deal of enthusiasm uh, as the days unfold until we drop a green flag on the 2020 season at Texas. Well, I'm Speedway. looking forward to, to uh, Sunday, actually, for what's going to be on television on Sunday, because I think that's going to be a, a great barometer for where, we're, where we need to be, and that being Darlington. Uh, it's going to pay big dividends for them, and we hope to be in the same position in a few weeks. Thanks, Mike. Yep, thank you, thank Mike. You. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Well, that puts a bow on tonight's show. AJ, your final thoughts after visiting with our guests. I'm ready to get off the show now after talking to Mike Hall. I got to go be better. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm inspired now. Like, I feel, I feel like it's time to go win something today. So, which means I'll probably just go out and practice my golf game. But <laughs> more importantly, as we talk to all these team owners and, and Mike Hall, the, the managing director, racing is close. Racing starts this weekend with NASCAR being on TV, but – more importantly for the NTT IndyCar Series, in just about three weeks, we're going back racing, albeit maybe not the way we'd all hoped and dreamed, but there will be race cars on the racetrack. They'll be side-by-side -side at Texas Motor Speedway, and more likely than not, they're going to be putting on a show. So I can't wait to get there, and uh, we're just counting down the days now. The executive producer of Sirius XM Sports is Andy King, the producer of this show and IndyTower Classics is Nate Lee. Stay right where you are because following us, we go back and we relive Al Unser Sr.'s fourth Indy 500 on tonight's edition of IndyCar Classics. For A.J. Allmendinger, I'm Jack Aroot. Join us next week, won't you, for another edition of Brick by Brick.